Hello and welcome everybody to the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Woo! And it's deadline day. Stan's got his yellow tie on. Jim's got his yellow boxies on. And I've got my yellow mankini on. Just, just, just my yellow tie as well. Now else, just give a nice visual just to the boxes, listeners. It's the only part. Mm. Oh. The calendar will be out in December. I thought that was a great Jim White impression. Fair play Thank to you. Thank you. Um, deadline day, not much happening. I mean, if you're following deadline day at this point, get a life. It's pretty boring, isn't it? Um, but other than Diallo going to United, this transfer window, not much has really happened. Um, Liverpool have been crying out for a centre-back, obviously playing 16 combinations there this season. And Stan, it looks like today they're landing not one, but two. Ben Davis, mm. not Spurs, of Preston, and Ozan Kabak of Schalke, if they can get a replacement in, yeah, I'll be going to Liverpool. Um, it's weird to me how late they're leaving it, considering they've played with, yeah. like I said, 16 combinations. What What do you take from that? Like, is, F- is FSG failing Klopp? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. It was obvious. I mean, me and you said it in the summer that Klopp needed a centre-back, although, I mean, I might be wrong, but I do think Klopp came out and said he thought they were okay. Obviously, they're not now, but he did also mention a few times, you know, weeks ago that he wanted a centre-back and he was speaking to the board and, you know, deadline day, he seems to have got two in that, you know, I won't lie, I don't really know anything about either. One's from, you know, a decent championship side, but they're not really pulling up any trees this season. And the other one's a young Turkish defender from uh, a team in the Bundesliga who've conceded 50 goals in the first 19 games, bottom of the league. So will either of them come straight in? I don't know. I'm not going to say they won't because, you know, they could both end up stepping up a level and going into a team, you know, a top side like Liverpool and, and you know, doing really well. But, you know, looking at it at face value, it doesn't look like really it's going to do much apart from, you know, they've got actual centre-backs playing at centre-back and not... Jordan Anderson, who now they can move back into midfield, but whether they're that much better than Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, you know, remains to be seen. I'm not sure. Yeah, I actually thought Nat Phillips had a good game yesterday against West Ham. Um, Cook, obviously, we don't even know who this Quebec lad is. Let's face it, no one's ever heard of him before today. But the fact that Schalke deem, if you read the reports, that Mustafi is a a good enough replacement, <laughs> does that fill you any confidence in how Quebec will perform at Liverpool? Definitely not, because <clears throat> if Mustafi's ever the answer, change the question, because he's shit. <laughs> and I don't, like Stan said before, we don't really know much about these these two players. The most I know about uh, Kabak is he had a Future Stars card on FIFA. So he, he, according to them, he's got potential, but I don't know nothing about the lad. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Got, they've got, they've left it late. for four games for spitting on somebody. So All right. Take that, so, take that off what you will. So we could play centre back next to Carragher. He that's, could. He could. That's okay. That's an option. Two spitters either side. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we just wanted to run through. I guess that's the only interesting thing. Maitland Niles might be off. But I mean, yeah, yeah, he's gone West Brom, hasn't he? On loan. I did see. Yeah. Sorry, just going back to Liverpool. I did see. Uh, Glenn Johnson actually come out and praise Liverpool about how calm they've been and they're still not panicking and they've waited to the last minute to get two centre-backs in. Uh, I don't know about either of you, but I actually think that's it's the opposite of what has actually happened. I think that they've pushed it all the way, thinking, can they get away with it? Maybe Klopp's mounted the pressure on with Fabinho now being injured. Matt, it, 
he came out and said there's a serious ankle injury. Do you think they've been calm and the whole time they knew they were going to get these two in? Or do you think that it's kind of become, right, we need to fucking get some bodies in now? Yeah, just, I, I think at this point, I mean, no disrespect to the two lads they've apparently brought in, but they're just, any, any centre-back will do. I mean, when, when you're buying someone on deadline day, you, you're not going to get a good player because the, play, the other teams aren't going to be able to replace them. And it just baffles me that Liverpool have gone the whole of January playing and they've dropped points too. It's not like they've gone through it, like they've sailed through it. Obviously, they've got two good results this week, but before that, they've dropped points. They've gone out of the Cup to United and it's it's because of centre-back, especially the United game. I mean, they'd have won that if they had a decent centre-back and not uh, the young lad filling in. Yeah. It reminds it reminds me. I know it's obviously different ages, but it does remind me of last January when United just kind of needed a striker to stop playing Rashford up front and getting back in his best position. Liverpool needed a centre back to get Henderson back in midfield, where I think they've regressed slightly this season. Where you know United end up getting Igalo sorted us out for six months and did a job, and maybe obviously these two lads are at the other end of the age. Uh, scale so you know they, they might they might turn into decent centre backs but like I said before face value uh, you know not pulling up any trees from from these two transfers yeah it seems like they're just a bit I, I completely disagree with Glenn Johnson ex-Liverpool player Glenn Johnson might we add that um, that they've been calm I don't think they have I think they've just been cheap as they were in the last summer trying to get it as cheap as possible and literally trying to do with the bare minimum because like Jim said, throughout the window, no one really looked like doing anything. But a little bit controversial. Sticking with controversy, Jim, Joe Cancelo's goal against West Brom. That sparked a little bit of controversy, didn't it? Yeah, and it's it's not even the first... Is it, well, it is the first of many controversial VAR decisions that have happened this week. Honestly, that was the... We've had a double game week since the last podcast and everyone played twice. Um so we're starting off on Tuesday night, I believe it was. Um, watching the City West Brom game, obviously counted to a five-nil victory. But the second goal, Cancelo, Cancelo's goal, the ball gets played over by Cancelo himself to Bernardo Silva. Linesman keeps his flag down for a little bit. It's Sean Massey, but then he like cuts inside and he <coughs> deems that that's enough time. So she puts the flag up as Bernardo Silva lays off to Cancelo, and as Cancelo takes his touch, about. Uh, a good three or four West Brom players just gave up on it. The keeper didn't get up on it. It was a great strike. He wasn't safe in any way. And he puts it in the top corner and you're like, well, that can't count now, can it? Even if he was onside. So he went to buy he's onside and they give it. And it's just, that's the dangers. That's one of the dangers of this, this rule of keeping your flag down, isn't it? That can happen. Just, I think just apply common sense though with that. Like, I know, I know Sean, <clears throat> Sean Massey's deemed as a good a good linesman or lineswoman, whatever you whatever you call it. But I think I think the real change needs to be just it's not even a real change, just use your use your head. Like I've seen some that have like the flag have stayed down for ages and then you look at the replay, the person's like three yards offside. Yeah. Just like use your head. Get like, actually be yeah. half decent enough at your job to know that if they're three yards off, they are probably offside in the naked it's eye. Just- it's just another slight inconsistency, like you said, because some still call for offsides even when they're tight. And like you say, some binos let it carry on when it's obviously offside. Like I remember there was a moment uh, Rashford was about four yards offside against Liverpool and Carragher right in front of the line from one. Yeah, Carragher literally said, this is going to end up in an injury because play is going to go on. Wait. And it's going to be offside the whole time. Somebody's going to pull up with a hamstring after sprinting after it for no reason or you know get clattered or whatever. Well, yeah, it's just I'm- point- 
just another I was, I was just going to say then it's going to you just know what's going to happen it's so predictable they're, they're waiting until that injury happens in that little bit of play that is deemed like void and then what do you do with that injury what do you do if it's a red card challenge they're, they're waiting for a big controversial like, situation like that, and then they'll change the rules because we've already had a rule change this season and that seems to be happening every year now I mean mid-season rule changes to me are just don't make sense and not fair. No. I don't think you can. No, I don't think you can. Sorry, son. I was just going to say, no, I don't no. think, I'll, I'll ask you, I don't think you can change rules midway for a season because like, like we saw earlier on the year with Man United, the fact that the rule was changed after controversy, you've already played like 11 games with a different set of rules and let's say nothing's happened yeah. to let's say a Southampton and then they change the rule and it's only impacted on a couple of teams really. You can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, some... Uh... I mean, that Amorial at the start of the season was fucking mental, though. So if that had gone through the whole season, it would have been one of the most frustrating things ever. But I do. It would have been the fairest way, though, wouldn't it? It would have. Yeah, I mean, United suffered from it. I mean, I know we lost the game three-one anyway, but um, you know, it was a key moment. We just pulled it back two-one, and you know, Lindelof was running back and. I used to flick the ball up and it hit his arm as he was running and it was a penalty. Then the week after, the same happened to Palace. I think similar happened to Ward where somebody tried to kick it and he was running and it hit his hand and they got a penalty against him and they ended up changing it because it was just ridiculous. But yeah, I don't yeah. think you can really change uh, change rules that big uh, during a season. And, and it's, it's funny how that happens, like you say, with Palace getting a, a favourable decision and then it happening to him the next week or whatever. Because uh, if we stick with the handball rule and rules that have changed, Aston Villa obviously were were victim of a controversial goal City scored with Rodri being offside and coming back onside or whatever. Um, they beat Southampton on Saturday night, I think it was. Um, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock Saturday night, yeah. And literally two rules that have changed. Matty Cash got away with both of them. When the first one was the clearest penalty you'll see all season. It was one of the saves of the season, if anything. And <laughs> the fact that they had to slow it down to like, I don't know what speed they must have had it on to just see a little touch from his groin and then they deemed that if it, if it touches no part of the body before it in the end, it's not a penalty, which is a new rule. Oh, just what a cop-out rule though, again. Like just, you can blur the lines with it. Like you said, it's it's as clear a handball stand as you're going to see this season. Yeah. Matty Cash's arm is well away from his body. I, it's an unnatural I, position that it has to be. This this might be tinfoil at the time, but I do... I'm actually worrying at the moment. Are they so unsure about how correct VAR is that they're kind of trying to balance shit out through VAR? Uh, I mean, that's happened to Villa. Uh, United obviously got a lot of beneficial VAR um, decisions and, and obviously against Sheffield, it's come out that the two decisions, uh, Sheffield got a goal and they shouldn't, United got a goal disallowed. Uh, no, they got a goal and they shouldn't. United got a goal disallowed when they shouldn't. Uh, so the goal that got given shouldn't, and, and the goal that's disallowed should have been given. But similar to what Jim said with Cancelo, that goal for United couldn't have been uh, given because the ref actually blew the whistle just before Martial struck the ball. Uh, but he carried on for Sheffield's goal despite them both challenging the keeper. So another inconsistency. But uh, maybe City need to watch out for something coming their way with the... Uh, to Villa with the Villa decision and uh, the West Brom decision there might yeah. be quite a big well, well I, 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 you see it's so weird being on the right end of these real changes because we've been knocked out of the Champions League twice in two seasons because of real changes that we would have stayed in the competition if we played a year earlier like we just finally took I don't know if we've been here all day talking about that but being offside have you seen the still of it it's like it's a sleeve offside but 
I don't, I don't know. Maybe I missed that rule change, but can you score from the sleeve? Like, if you was... Yeah, they changed the rule where the sleeve is, but like... But, okay, so you can different score... shirt designs and how you wear your top to like change where your sleeve is. Just yeah, if you like a tight on. top. If you like a yeah. tight top, it might be slightly higher. Yeah, yeah I might just... The United should with... just start cutting the sleeves off and they're all running... The strikers the should wear vests. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> might as well. Yeah. Like if you're if you're Iron Robin, you're not offside. But if you're somebody else who wears a bigger top, you're you're offside because your sleeves a bit lower down your arm. If you're a Dharma Traore, you're offside. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I I just don't understand this clear and obvious stuff. I just think it should be you get the right fucking decision. I don't understand. Oh well, yeah, I can see yeah how it might not be the right decision, but it's not obvious that it's the wrong one. Uh, no, how about we just use it to get the right decision? It just, it just seems it's like we're going, we're, we're going backwards. And then just, just, just to end, Cook, um, after Liverpool's win, Salah, and the, the game didn't even involve VAR, so it's quite interesting to hear him say he doesn't like it and he doesn't want to complain too much before getting fined, but he, he, again, he doesn't like it. Is do you, ever, do you see the Premier League now ever being without VAR? Because I think, personally, players like Mohamed Salah, some of the biggest stars in the league, him coming out and saying he's against it, that is a kind of a step towards it going to me anyway. If they all got together and players mm. like Salah, they've, they've got definite pull. I, th- I think the thing with Salah is, I think, I, I don't think he hates far, I think he hates the way it's implemented. And that's a lot of people because people, obviously, before it came in, were clamoring, saying, We need VAR, we need to get these decisions right. There's too much money at stake, there's too, the stakes are too high. But over time, I think we have to stick with it because you knew there was going to be teething problems with VAR. You knew it wasn't going to be easy. Just stick with it. Over time, we'll get it right. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, but I think he just needs to just just acknowledge where, where the league's at with it. Like, for example, the MLS have had it for quite a long time. They've had it for about six or seven seasons now, and it works flawlessly there. They just they have a give the striker benefit of the doubt for offsides, and every yeah. ref goes straight to the monitor. There's no one like this, in his ear. This is what I mean. It is still in you know, since it's teething very, stage. It's, yeah, definitely. And I think, but I do think there are ways that you could, you know, not nullify, but you know, ease some of the problems and appease the players. You could have time limits to decisions. You could introduce challenges. You could. Yeah, they're uh, overcomplicating, aren't they? Introduce, introduce like you say benefit of the doubt or if there is certain distance with you know what i mean or going straight to the monitor and then maybe var helps whilst you're there there are ways that they could change it because right now it's just i, I, I bet if you asked all the players in the league to literally say do, do you want it to be in the league yes no it'd yeah. probably be at 80 90 percent no and to be honest it probably is a bit of a cultural thing because with the mls um american sports are, they're used to the timeouts and the stoppages in play and stuff so the, the, it's very much cultural where it's like but football isn't designed to play that way for me anyway so it no. just doesn't fit in my opinion but anyway maybe, maybe it that. evolves over time maybe football evolves yeah. over time and maybe, it will do eventually if, if it stays for long enough we'll, we'll just have to accept it just but do I mean, it right I'm sure it won't be a few it won't be yeah, that many for, more podcasts that yeah. longer down line before talking about it again but clear and obvious Foot clear and obvious, just get the fucking right decision. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um and then anyway we'll just we'll, we'll move on to uh, to Lou. And we spoke last week. It was a bit down in our dumps about Front Lampard being sacked. But the new man's in now, he's had two games. Um and Chelsea looks by all means quite good, really. Um 
the controls there against Wolves. Obviously, they didn't create that much, but then it was chance after chance against Burnley, wasn't it? Yeah, the the thing that <clears throat> the thing that I noticed, like you said before, there's there's been two game weeks since our last pod. I know I noticed two major differences from the Wolves game midweek. It was like almost like going back in time to Sari Ball and just passing for the sake of it in that Wolves game. Uh, with with not many clear cut chances created, we probably did enough to win the game, but it it was passing for passing sake for a lot of it. Whereas uh, in comparison, the Burnley game on Sunday was like day and night. Callum Hudson had always been a top top player for us, playing in this new right wing back role. He's back to back man of the matches, and I think Tuchel can really lean on him for his style of play. We've gone back to a three four three which obviously we won the league playing 3-4-3 not too long ago. The players know it and it's a good system and, and it looks like you can get all of our attackers in the team this way. And the thing that Chelsea's still probably missing is a bit of ruthlessness. Like the, the, That game should have been 3-4-0, but left it very late. Two defenders scored. Marcus Alonso scored a worldie as well in the box. And both did? Both both, both scored yeah. both goals. Yeah, both worldies uh, from Aspi and Alonso. But yeah, Alonso's first game in four months and he comes back and does that. So Yeah, it's obviously serious that wing back role, isn't it? A bit, a bit of a surprise to see him back in the lineup. Um, Massive surprise. But yeah, Stan, like Lou just touched on to it then, um, the ruthlessness of Chelsea. And would you be worried, really, um, if you were a Chelsea fan? Because if you, if you go through the strikers, the stats and the goals and they're just not getting any fun there's now 12 games without a goal and Tuchel seems to try and play him through the drought against Burnley leaves him on all 90 minutes and he just looked like he'd desperate for one like he was just shooting on sight when he could but yeah I mean it's it's, it's a difficult one really um, it's always that question do you try and play your forwards through the form or do you take them out the team and try and hope that other you know members of the team can come up with the goals unfortunately for Chelsea the two uh, two defenders came up with the goals. It always seems like with Chelsea that forever, well, whilst I've always been in the league, Chelsea have always had defenders that chip in with goals. Um, you know, obviously they've had Terry, they had even Alex who scored free kicks, and, and you know players like that. I don't know what Cook thinks about that, but that, that's just a random, random uh, observation I've made. But um, I mean, I th- it's one of them with Chelsea. I think uh, with with the Wolves game, it probably came too soon for two to really do anything, uh, and then after that. He'd obviously had a few days more and you're bound to have a spike. Those players that maybe, I'm not, I don't want to say down tools because I don't think that happens, but maybe, you know, struggled a little bit in the way that Lampard was trying to do it. Get a little bit of a freedom, like Cook said, Alonso first, first start in four months. Players get, a, you know, a fresh start and you're bound to see that new manager lift. But uh, I'll be interested to see where they are in, you know, a month or two when it, when it plateaus out. But for the yeah. forward, uh, yeah, I mean, I would... I just keep playing them through it personally, but you know yeah, it's one of them where for me. if 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 you take them out, obviously like they're not playing the games. If you put them in and they're still not scoring, people will go, "Oh, it's another game, it's another game." But I think one of the best ways to get your strikers scoring is just keeping them on the pitch because they will eventually come, especially for a side like Chelsea with so much creativity as well. Yeah, they're not going to end. You're obviously not going to end a drought off the bench. It's that simple. You need to play to to end the drought and. In all fairness, he was an unused substitute against Wolves midweek, Timo. So I weren't too surprised that he played 90 in this game, but it'll come. He's 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 a good player. I, I'm not. I'm. I know he's gone 12 league games without a goal, but I'm genuinely not that worried about him. 
I know that's probably weird to hear from a neutral perspective, but I'm really not because he's getting the chances and he's he's got the most offside goals in the league and he's hit the woodwork the most out of anyone in the league as well. So it'll come. It's think, it's yeah. just a matter of time, I think. Benefit of the doubt with it being his first season as well. I think if it was his second or third, you'd be thinking, you know, hang yeah. on a minute, what's going on here? Well, like, why? He makes some what's... really clever runs as well, though, which I've noticed. In, yeah. in that yeah, game you'll... at the weekend, he makes some really clever runs. He'll get it. He'll get at least a season, uh, but like I said, if this was you know next year or the year after, and he went twelve games, you would be thinking, "Hang on a minute, what's happened?" So uh, yeah, no, it, they'll be fine. Uh, and like you say, they've got goals around the pitch, and, and you know I think other players will step up now, and you'll see yeah. a, a new and improved Chelsea in the next few weeks. Big yeah, game be, Thursday as well. Well, I was just about to say it'd be interesting to see how how Chelsea doing a big game because obviously they played two sides. They've just let them off the ball, which is. Quite a nice way to ease in as a manager. Um, Maybe another on Thursday too, right? Uh, to be fair, yeah. They, <laughs> they, they, they should expect a lot of the ball against Spurs, especially with them. We'll talk about them later. But um, like you said before, Hudson-Odoi, back-to-back my match performances, I thought he was excellent against Burnley. He should have scored probably, and then he was probably unlucky not to. Um, and he linked up with Mount very well on that. Mount seems just like drifting in and out of that midfield, like showed Jorginho and Kovacic. And then Mount was just in front of him, just like roaming about but he seemed to um, go towards Mocho all the time and I asked Dan on the weekend if if Hudson Adoy is a part of Tuchel's plans going for the next six months is there a good chance of him getting the England squad because he's, he's not bad odds at the minute if you look at it is he sixes I believe on Sky or something 6.5 I believe yeah I said yeah I seen that the other day and Craig um, in, in our group chat did actually mention saying was he worth a punt and this was probably about probably about two or three months ago and I said if he can get in the team definitely because the potential's there and I think him and Reese James will probably share that right wing back role with Aspilicueta going back to to centre back but yeah he's he's looks like a completely different player playing wing back and Tuchel's wing backs uh, he, he can play attacking players there because you almost defend with a back four anyway with Aspilicueta Rudiger Thiago Silva and then Jorginho drops in as well so they can afford to play wingers like that but definitely if he stays fit he's going Welcome back ladies and gents I know United Arsenal both teams scored let us down last week but you can put some trust in us this week that we're going to win some money 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 so I know there's some midweek action but we're focused on Saturday the 6th of February so we've gone for Aston Villa versus Arsenal. Early kickoff under 2.5 goals. Same as Newcastle Everton this week. Early under two and a half. Landed. Secondly, Burnley, Brighton, both teams to score. Third, we've got West Ham to win away at Fulham. And then last but not least, Manchester United, both teams to score results at home to Everton. So just to run through it again. We've got Villa Arsenal, half 12, under 2.5. We've got West Ham away at Fulham. Burnley, Brighton, both teams to score. And Man United, both teams to score. Result at home to Everton. And Stan, what can the punters do with the information that I've just said to them on the pod? You can shove it up your racker. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. We hope you um, had time there to put the bet on, on your favourite bookmakers and earn some money on the weekend. Um, but now we're going to move over 
to Spurs and Jose Mourinho, a familiar story, obviously got a Chelsea fan and a United fan there. They've experienced the peaks and, and troughs. Is, what is it? Peaks and what? Troughs. Troughs of Jose Mourinho. Uh, you to come to the third season, but I mean, Spurs had a bad week. They've lost twice, 3-1 to Liverpool, and then last night, um, Brighton beating 1-0. Um, so... There is signs that are standing there that if they're not all too familiar story for people who've watched Jose Mourinho team decline. Yeah, uh, it's quite weird actually seeing Spurs fans talk on Twitter because it's kind of like going back three, four years and watching United fans have the exact same conversations. At, um, well, I, I would say the beginning, but actually probably towards the end of the second season and start of the third. So it's kind of come a little bit early with with Spurs fans with, oh, well, he needs his transfers. Uh, you know, is it the players? Uh, is it Jose? Are they? Is he making them play like this or is it confidence? And he can't score the chances for the players. If, you know, we've had all these chances. It's just like Groundhog Day, really, watching it. And uh, I've said, well, I'll say to, uh, we'll just say a random Spurs fan, should we say. I've said <laughs> to them a few times that... Um, it's just incredibly similar. I mean, cut one, me, United fans decided to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe, whatever. And it happened to us. And now I'm one in Spurs fans and Spurs fans are going, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. It's uh, just typical Spurs, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, it's, the, it's the natural thing to back your manager, though, isn't it? So. It, it is, yeah, and I completely understand that. That's fine. And I did exactly the same with Jose until it kind of reached the point of no return when we decided to, not to back him and tell him to fuck off with all his transfers, but then keep him in post, which, you know, was never, ever going to work well. And it ended up with uh, losing 3-1 at Anfield and Paul Pogba staying on the bench and Fellaini getting subbed on to try and win the game. So there we go. And, well, Jose calling uh, Pogba a virus in the dressing room about three weeks before that as well. So it didn't go well. Um, but, yeah, no, it, Spurs just look completely devoid of confidence. They don't look... Kyle was saying that... Um, oh, well, you know, it'd help if we had players that could pass. I think Jose instills fear into certain players because he knows that, one, he will chuck them under the bus after the game. He's quite public with, you know, how he slags players off and he will drop you for three or four games. And I think that, you know, I've said this as well, that I think to the late 90s players and the noughties players, you know, to the Lampards, the Terrys, um, you could do that and they would react in a completely different way to the modern player and, you know, modern players, again, going back to United, uh, Jose used to pretty much say, oh, yeah, well, these modern players can't take it. And if you drop them, they go run into their agents and stuff like that. And Jose just hasn't adapted. We spoke about it before, about how he's a little bit prehistoric and he just hasn't changed. And I don't see any change from how he was at United, how he was at the end of Chelsea and how he is now. It's just exactly yeah. the same football and exactly the same feeling with the fans around the club completely split down the middle. And there and it is. Jose. There is Jose. Um, and Jose. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, well, I remember when he went to Spurs and he had the 11 month gap between, how was it, a year, whatever it was, between United and Spurs. And he, he said he's learned a lot and changed. And like you say, the, the general feeling at the minute and the way Spurs play doesn't really seem like he, he has changed. And after the Brighton defeat, he said that his players felt unmotivated and lacking confidence. And I listened to that thinking, Oh fuck me! You're the you're, you're the gaffer. You're literally it's literally your job to put confidence in them players. Like you don't have to overcomplicate your tactics, but that is a a main thing that managers have to do. And Spurs, for all the we're talking about them now, after two losses, and they was top two months ago, and now 
they're just not in the tire race. They're in a top four race, and honestly, it's not looking likely at the minute. But Lou, I will ask you, um, what what makes a good season for um, Spurs this season? Because obviously, they're in the League Cup final, they're still in the Europa League, they're still in the FA Cup. Top four, I mean, they're going to have to improve form very quickly, but what constitutes a good season this year for Spurs? I think I think for Jose, I think his target will be if he wins anything with Spurs, even even the League Cup, he'll consider that a success because he'll say, this club haven't won a trophy since 2008. Look what happens. I come in in my first full season, I believe it is, and I win I win a trophy with them. That that's that is what will be a success for him. But from a neutral perspective, and maybe even from a Spurs fan perspective, I would say top four has to be the goal for them because. We, I don't know what the percentage is. We were talking about it off mic, but Harry Kane being injured now is a massive problem for them. We said it would happen on the pod. We've said it that it was inevitable. He's got glass ankles. He's injured. He probably isn't going to play on Thursday. Well, I don't think he's going to play anyway on Thursday. He's expected to miss four games, I believe it is. but, But there you go. They take Kane out of the team, Brighton get the first home win of the season, and Spurs just look terrible going forward yeah so uh, top four has to be top four yeah I, I I definitely agree I mean I think it's very risky I think Spurs fans um, from what I've heard and read is they're just starving aren't they they, they will take an eighth place finish out of every other cup and win the league cup but to rest your season on one game versus C and I know they've got a decent record against C but like we we both know, and I know I'm a City fan speaking, but we but we, we all know here that if City turn up, City will win the League Cup final because that's what they do in finals. They don't tend to lose them. Um, so with with Kane injured, I was just about to talk about that. Obviously, had an ankle injury. The next few games for Spurs are they're I, mean, I don't know if they're away at Chelsea, but they play Chelsea, they play West Uh-oh. Brom, at all. Then then the FA Cup against Everton, which is a fairly hard game, and then they've got a Europa League game. Um, and then I think it's City after that, and they could be about Kane for them five games. So Stan, we know he's maybe a bit prehistoric, but this is time for Jose to step up and manage his team. It is. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't really know where he goes from here because, like you say, they've been so reliant on Kane and Son in particular. Obviously, they've still got Son in there. Bale, they're paying three hundred grand a week for who must be one of the worst loan signings of all time in terms of effect that he's had on a team. All right, Expensive he might be cheerleader. He, yeah, he might, he might be happy and he got a few nice videos when he signed and that, and that's fine. But in terms of, you know, output on the pitch, incredibly little. He signed uh, Vinicius, who was uh, the top goal scorer in Portugal last season. Still not playing him. Would rather play, you know, Bergvine and, and uh, Lucas Maura came on last night before Vinicius did. Uh, and on, like I said before, I don't think it'll be long until he gets asked about Vinicius and he chucks the 19-year-old under the bus and just says, ah, oh, well, you know, he's not good enough, even though I bought him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Spurs, Spurs will struggle. I'm, like I say, I'm not sure how Jose does it. I think he might even go more defensive and look at the bigger games and think, well, if I can come out of... Chelsea and was it Everton? If I can, was Everton the cup? Did you? Say? Yeah, Everton FA Cup. But if yeah, if they can come out of maybe Chelsea with a point and progress against Everton, then you know they're closer to Kane coming back. And that Europa League game, you know, you'd expect them. I don't know who they play, but you'd expect them yeah, to be able to, uh, to to get away with that one before <clears> they play before they play uh, City. So Jose will be taking it a game at a time. But if anything, without Kane, they'll go more defensive than trying to uh, make up for his lack of uh, of you know numbers. 
Yeah, and you, you said there about um, Kane's numbers. They've, Kane and Son between them have scored 24 league goals. So that's, there's only another 10 that Spurs have scored this season. Kane himself has been involved in 23 league goals out of the 34 like, directly involved. That's not even to do with build-up play, which I'm very much sure he's involved in. They're so reliant on them too. And against Brighton, I think they tried five different players at, at, at different points going striker. And Son just looked on his own up there. They got Son. Got Vinicius, Bergwijn, Lucas, Bale, um, Lou out of them. Out, just discluding Son out of them four, who's most likely to help Son, like carry the burden of goals? Well, well, <clears throat> I think it's simple as Gareth Bale needs to step up because he's been he's been on holiday for the past what two and a half, three seasons. Now he's he's put it all behind him. He's like, finally, I've left Madrid. It was that big thing where he wasn't wanted there. And obviously, from the outside looking in, as people from the UK, you're thinking, God, if Gareth Bale could just get back to England, you'd feel like you'd have a good player on your hands. And obviously, that's came out with Jose, that video of him saying, do you want to go back to Madrid and not play? So you've got to question his actual mentality. Are you here just to pick up a paycheck? Are you still on holiday? Because he's only on loan from Madrid. He's still getting his wages. And does Bale have the hunger anymore to to be the player he once was and be a one-man team for Tottenham and help Son? When Well, Kane's going to be out for four games, like Jim said there. So it's as simple as Gareth Bale needs to literally step up and do what they're paying him to do. Yeah, I don't think they can replace Kane by any means. But I mean, definitely one we've got to step up. I don't know about you, Stan, but when... I was reading the Bale reports for the past two seasons. I was thinking, oh, what is Zidane doing? You've got Bale there, just like give him a game. But now it's looking like Zidane was right. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Obviously, Zidane, there was times when he would, you know, have a spur sub and he would either not use it or he'd sub on somebody completely random like an 18-year-old before Bale. And he said, look, he's, he's more interested in golf. And he got quite a hard time from the uh, British media about all that and like Cook was saying they were, they were oh well if we can get back over here I'm sure we'll see you know the bail of old and you know he'll be looked after and what you know what, what better a story than him going back to Spurs Jose's just got there they've got Kane they've got Son I mean what a front three that is on paper and it's just not being anything close to that uh, he doesn't look that bothered to be honest with you uh, I don't really know what's up with him but I think it's more likely that that Vinicius does more than Bale does. And if that's if Jose gives him a go, I think Jose could do worse than sticking that 19-year-old in there and saying, go on then. At least he's a proper number nine. You're not playing wingers, you know, square pegs in round holes. You give him these three or four games in the cup against Everton, Europa. And, you know, you see how he does in the build-up to that um, to that City game and try and get some confidence going. Yeah, I think I agree, actually. I think, I know he played a really, was it Marine or something in the cup? And he obviously scored goals there, but... I know it's Marine, but he actually looks like a striker. Yeah. Um, I, think Bale, I think the weird thing with Bale, the funny thing anyway, is like Bale coming off the bench or Bale starting, it's just not scary at all. Like, if you're the opposing team, like, at the start of the season, maybe I'd have thought, oh, shit, fucking hell. <laughs> you could cause, cause us problems there, but his stock has plummeted so quickly, and that's how things happen in football, I guess. No, it is, and like you said, like you said, Bale needs to just get back to basics, really. Like, it's the, the old saying, it tends to be with boxers, but wake, waking up in silk sheets, it's not the same as when you're waking up and you. it's just the grind's not there, yeah, the hunger's not there. And at the moment, it seems like there is no hunger there for Bale so whatsoever. The, um, what, what's going to motivate him? Yeah, apart from the, the uh, three iron. 
<laughs> the Conor McGregor, the conundrum <clears throat> of living life in luxury and not having the grind anymore. But we'll move on to our final game of the weekend that we'll cover. And um, we just talked about Harry Kane and his importance to to Spurs. Another team, Newcastle, are very lying on their main striker. Callum Wilson just got 10 league goals, double digits this season. Um, he scored twice as Newcastle did the double over Everton. Um, it's a big three points for Steve Bruce in it, Stan, because he's had a lot of crazy yeah. critics over the recent weeks. I mean, we spoke about him last week and, you know, I mentioned last week that they do actually have some good players and a lot of pace and I just think they wanted it more than Everton this weekend and they used that pace, you know, correctly in the right areas. I thought it was a lot more of a balanced team with Almiron and Fraser on the wings. Like You had Wilson moving and obviously they subbed Sam Maximan on. They've got quality in the right areas, but they were just going far too uh, defensive. But yeah, no fair play to them. Uh, did you say they've done the double over Everton now this yeah, season? Yeah, they'd be on 2-1 and Wilson scored both times that time too. Well, there you go. They've clearly got um, the Toffees number and, you know, yeah, fair, fair play to them. Does that, I think that moves them, um, you know, clear enough of the relegation zone for, for the moment and, you know, I'm sure it'll do them the world of good in terms of, you know, getting the fans off the back a little bit and, you know, Everton, Everton are doing decent this season. I think if they won that game, obviously the first game of the weekend, they'd have gone up to fifth. So, you know, they're no slouches. So, you know, fair play to Newcastle. And hopefully uh, it's, a, it's a corner turn for Steve Bruce where he trusts his forward a little bit more. Yeah, I just, I just thought as Newcastle really exposed um, a real lack of, what's the word, like athleticism or just, they just didn't run. I mean, when you have a team who has Gilby Sigurdsson and Hamas Rodriguez yeah. in the same midfield, you're in because all you have to do is just outrun them and I think they showed it at the end of the game the distance covered stat and four of the top five players were Newcastle players and that and watching the game it was no surprise I was expecting it to be all five yeah the very it was a very static Everton team there's not a lot of dynam, dynam, dynamism yeah that's the word I'm looking for <laughs> dynamism yeah you just like you said it's just it's players playing with handbrake on there you don't really you don't really have any energy and I, I don't think this is like obviously they've just won Newcastle but I, I just think this is one of them things where they've they've picked up another good result off the back of doing some good business, getting Wilson in, and he's guaranteed 15 league goals a season. But I still think Steve Bruce is shit, and I still think that that they are in danger because they, although they did play very very well, they need to start doing this consistently with the players they've got. Otherwise, they are going to be in trouble. Yeah, I, I, they were definitely in free fall, and this has been a massive result, I think, for them because you kept on losing. Um, but like you say, Wilson, what what a piece of business that was. I mean, he's 10 league goals, eight of them have come in wins. I mean, I was looking at the numbers before. Newcastle have won six games. In all but one of them, Wilson has got a goal. In all them six games, Newcastle have scored 13 goals and Wilson has been directly involved in all of them but three. I mean, he just, he just seems like when Wilson scores, Newcastle will get points. That's how important he is. Um, but just going on to Everton... I mean, it's such a weird season that if you, if you have a little blip, they they drew at Leicester, which is fair enough because Leicester are a good side. And then they lost to Newcastle, so only one point out of the last six. They're now the same amount of points off fourth, which is what I think they should be aiming for this season. And they are off 12th now, out of Leeds. It's just like, you can't take your foot off the yeah. pedal, can you, Stan? No, no, it's 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 so condensed. Uh, like you say, if you go, if you win three in a row, you go right up there, and if you don't win for three games, you drop right back into the mix. So it's so tight for all those teams. I'm sure. I mean, none of them 
should really panic at this stage. You've just got to be in there towards the end of the season. And like you said, it's a crazy season. So you're going to get results like this. We saw Burnley win at Anfield, Sheffield win at Sheffield United, sorry, should I say, Chris Wilder, win at um, Old Trafford, uh, Newcastle went to Everton and won. Uh, and there's been others like that uh, so far this season. So they shouldn't really panic, just keep the reds down. But yeah, not a good day at the office at all for, uh, for Everton. They really need to get back on track. All right, folks, and welcome back to the part of the show where we play a little game. If she wasn't here last week, we debuted a new game, Cook, didn't we? We did. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, <laughs> not seven, not eight, not nine, not tenable, but <laughs> elevenable. Yeah, we always yeah. go one further on this podcast. That's right, we, we are eleven far. a reef, as they say. Um, the concept is simple. I will tell the boys here I am the host of this game Cook won last week I will tell the boys an 11 of a, a random game but there'll be a bit of a link we'll get to that last week we did um, <laughs> Liverpool's last loss at Anfield before Burnley and the, it was the Palace team that beat them Chris and we won that 4-3 four to, four to we forgot about Newton Boy Martin Kelly again we are so sorry um, and this week Stan will be starting us off and <laughs> If you'd wow. like to know your team, if we get oh yeah, I forgot we get two lives. So once you get your second one wrong, you're out. One strike yeah. and then second one, you're out. So your team is as follows. We were speaking before about VAR, oh, and when VAR, the first Premier League game that VAR <laughs> was introduced was the start of the 2019-2020 season. Um, Liverpool beat Norwich 4-1 at Anfield. Um, obviously, I don't want the Liverpool team to well, lads. Yes. I want the Norwich team. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, we've got 11 possible answers to start. Stan, if you'd kindly start us off. Um, Pookie. Goal scorer, Scorper. Timo Pookie. The, oh, shit. He always goes for the easy ones. He always goes for the easy ones. Then. That's correct. Right. Let me think. <clears throat> I'm going to go Tim Krul. Tim Krul was correct. He's in the goals. So you've gone from back to front, front to back there, should I say. Don't know mm. where you are, like Stan, but... Like every good wipe, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I just don't wipe. Um, Mr. Cantwell. Todd. Girl pants. Todd, Todd was right in the... On the left-hand side. Girl pants himself, Todd Cantwell. Over to you, Cook. I'm going to go for Max Aaron's. The, from the left to the right I mean we're killing this one four out of four so far two each it's kind of fresh Norwich weren't too long ago yeah it isn't too long yeah. ago but there are some players in this team you might have. I didn't know who they were I'll be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> um, Godfrey Ben Godfrey I remember having a good game that day and he did yeah, this is a lot closer to home so me and Cook are a lot better on this one 3-2 ooh let me think. Buendia. Oh, oh Any shit, Buendia. Yeah. Surprised Stan didn't get in there earlier, that one. I know, Stan loves him. I do, I do. He's going to go on and do big things, don't worry. Um, Who's left? How many have we had? We've had have we had six? That's six, five left. I remember this guy. Um, <laughs> he's played DM, and I actually thought he's a fucking good player, him, and I don't actually know where he is now, and it's tribal. It is. <laughs> I think he might be Tom Tribal. I don't, I know. don't I know why I remember that. 
But he did. In fact, there might be. I'll try and find a tweet whilst Cook's looking. I reckon I'll. Yeah, I need. I need to have a think here. So Ooh. we've got four possible guesses remain. I think we're going to get through all eleven with the way we're going. But mm. Cook, you really need to answer back. So we've we've had a, have we had a couple of fullbacks? We've had we just had we just had the one. I mean, I'm, oh. I'm not going. I'm not at the uh, to give away the positions. All right, all right, well. all right then. All right then, Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis, New, now Newcastle man. He was in the three left, four each stand. This is they're all, they're getting big. Business what, end of the game now. What positions are they? I'm honestly, I'm not at liberty just because no one's lost okay. a point this week. Um, well, we got we've got the wingers between us. I'm guessing they only played one forward. We've got the full backs. We've got a centre back. We've got a midfielder. Mm. And we got a keeper. Keeps. So it's probably two centre mids and a centre back left, isn't it? Mm. Was it three or four left, did you say? It was three left. Fucking hell. I don't think he played because I'm pretty sure he was injured at one point. Uh, but I'm going to go with closer. Tim Closer. He was injured. He didn't yeah. play this game. I knew he was injured for Incorrect a bit. Incorrect answer. And Cook, now <laughs> is your time to shine and go ahead. Yeah, it's it's the, it's the bottom of the barrel now. I hate to say it, Canaries fans, but it's, it's who I don't really know or care about from Norwich at this moment in time I've said all the half decent players so um, oh wait I know I know oh, oh, it's sh- just flicks on his stands for oh shit Cook says like this I'm fucked but if he gets it wrong and I get this right then the pressure's really on for him yeah because I'm I'm pretty stumped ATM uh, god I'm gonna go for I don't think he played but Tete he didn't play. Yeah. Good guess, though. Good guess. Right. So, Stan, back to you. The pig himself, Grant Hanley, because I think he, he scored an own goal. He, he did. He scored an own goal. Yeah. Oh, shit. Big Grant. Premier League mainstay. Is he still there? He's still oh. there and he's captain now, I think. I'm pretty sure I heard that the other day on the radio. Who knows? But he was there and he scored an own goal. Um, I remember because it was a fucking pathetic own goal. Was he quite as a winner? Oh, did it? Was it one-one? Two-one, maybe. Maybe it went to two-one. Yeah, Cook. Basically, you need this, or are you losing? Oh fuck! The ultimate pressure. Right, I need to think. What's been? What's been going on? This is better because it's a lot more recent. There's been too much football played since that Palace game in 2017. Yeah, since Chris Stamble. So we've had we've had Cruel, we've had Jamal Lewis, we've had Max Ahrens, we've had the Pig Grant Hanley, we've had (laughs) we've had um, Ben Godfrey, we've had. Tribal. Tribal, yeah. We've had that. Buendia, Campwell and Pucky. So you've got the two centre mids. Mm. Pressure. Pressure. God. I need to go to my mind, Palace. Is it Huckabee? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Darren Huckabee. David Bentley. Is it Darren Huckabee? He was on this day a few years ago. He scored at Chickens United. Hmm. Stanley's yeah. points he's is, is, is watched there I mean we're going to yeah. have to rush here the, the listers are falling asleep well the amount of Fergie time that he's had over the years maybe, <laughs> I'm, due, maybe, maybe I'm due a little bit longer eh? but no I'm going to I'm going to hurry the fuck up and I'm going to say Hernandez the guy from like, Paraguay or wherever he's from <laughs> or Cuba good player I do like him but he didn't get the nod he was he he didn't get the nod stand. Do you know have you have any clue the next you've won this week? Congratulations, it's now one all in the battle of the Um do you have any clue who the other two are? 
No, don't. But let us uh, give us um, give us one each and see if we can get him. Since there's two left, you describe one of them. All right. Well, we got two midfield men. One from scored against City in the three-two win. He scored an header at the front oh, post. Scottish uh, the man. Irish lad. O'Shea. No, I think he's Scottish, isn't he? Oh, he's Scottish. He had a name of somebody else who's played football before. He, he did, doesn't he? Yeah, he's going out at the front post um, against City in, in the game. That's all I can say about him. Oh, Don't know much else about him. There's another footballer. Before, um, is it Keane? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, it's going to annoy me though. Kenny McLean. McLean, yeah, James. I'd never yeah, get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never and get that. then yeah. you've got in front of <clears throat> McLean and Tribal. I don't even know where this guy's from. Austria or Germany? Somewhere European. I think he's German. I don't know. Can I just say it? Yeah. Steeperman? Oh, yeah, Steeperman. Yeah. No, no idea. Don't Honestly, know. Honestly, if I walk past him on the street now, I wouldn't. I recognise the name this. from the team sheets. But yeah, there we go, lads. That concludes the game. Um, Plus, so nicely for next week. It wasn't a bad 11, that, actually, you know. It wasn't a bad Well, it finished rock bottom, so it wasn't that good. Okay. <laughs> I, feel, I, 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 I feel like we did all right this week, Stan. I feel like we, we, we started off like a house on fire this week. Yeah, I mean, then, it's a lot more... I mean, was it... It was last season, that, wasn't it? it wasn't yeah, last this, season, yeah. Ball, yeah. And there's so some good players in there who've gone... Lot, who've... Yeah, a lot more memorable, that one, definitely. I remember the game. So, listeners, as episode 92 draws to a close, just got a preview. We've got another double game week coming up. There's a few tasty fixtures that I've got my eye on here. So, I've seen Leeds are hosting Everton this week. The Claret Derby, Aston Villa versus West Ham United. Will Brighton stun Liverpool at Anfield? Who knows? And then on Thursday, you've got Chelsea versus Tottenham stand. So, nice little midweek footy because we've not had enough footy have we we've not had enough of it yet so no no we've not had a, um, any games midweek for quite a while so I'm glad that they're on again this week and the Champions League's back in two weeks as well we're oh, back no, baby yeah. no do you mean the Europa League oh sorry did I, what did I say dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Thursday night Channel 5 those people find you all this but you just uh, innocently scroll in Twitter and then say you've tweeted your t- tonight's lineup and you're like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> we're not on again are we oh, no. I, didn't, I didn't think it was possible to have too much footy but I suppose this lockdown has proved that there is such a thing because <laughs> it is so hard to keep track of <laughs> to, yeah it's where I complained but I literally did nothing this weekend other than watch footy so I mean I guess <laughs> it got me through it yeah. Hey, nothing else you can do, Paul. Nothing else. It's better, you can if do. You, better if your team doesn't win as well, because you don't have to wait as long for uh, for him to turn it round. There, there you go. That is one of the upsides of doing that. But if you want to follow us on any of our socials, you can follow us at Cookie Podcast One. That's at Cookie Podcast, followed by the number one. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Spotify as well, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can get it at our host platform, Anchor FM, if you have none of the above. Right, lads, it's been episode 92. Jim's got some fajitas that he's despacito to eat. So (laughs) that's the way the cookie crumbles, baby. Boom.